We'll use about a dozen colors of some unorthodox brushes and each show I'll show you how to put some of nature masterpieces right here on the canvas. So I tell you what, let's get started.
actually wrote a script for this, so I'm kind of proud of myself. So, hey guys, welcome back to Napalm Nanny in the Shack. And for this week's Napalm and Friends, we are lucky to have the insanely talented Alex, or otherwise known as Otis Woods. And you, Alex, have created these magnificent and colorful characters and these really insane worlds through acrylic, ink, and even clay. And that's just to name a few. Um, you have also created elaborate pieces for breweries, studios, and for the Metro Los Angeles. Then not to mention your hand in crafting signs for local businesses. And I think it's an understatement that, I mean, to say that you're insanely busy. So, I mean, we just start off by saying, thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. And I think it's pretty obvious that I'm a huge fan of your work. It's so incredibly unique. It's so colorful. It's so captivating to say the least. I mean, for me personally, I wouldn't know how to label artwork. I mean, the closest thing I can say about your art is like surrealism, maybe. I'm not quite sure, but how would you describe it? First of all, I mean, I want to start by thanking you. And thanks for having me on your channel, podcast. I don't know. That's what it is, right? It's a podcast. Uh, It's a huge honor and always super happy and proud where my friends doing their thing, too. In a way, it helps me. And encourages me to like keep moving because you know we kind of want to grow up together and so by having me and on your podcast you know we're kind of we're both lifting each other up so i think that's something uh, of a beauty in the art world and your field which is awesome so thank you um and the question was how did i uh, what was it again what was the question oh Sorry. so the question was how would you describe your artwork because i think it's so incredibly unique oh man that's a that's a tough one you know, oftentimes I do get asked that same question when I'm showing or when I've done like a, the solo show I did in 2019, which was uh, the last solo show I had. And I get uh, asked that question often, so I never really know how to answer it, honestly, only because I felt that the terms today have changed a lot with like the meaning of, you know, the types of artwork that we do. So sometimes it's just kind of easy to label it into uh, uh, a certain genre of art or style but um i i think when i learned more about surrealism i felt uncomfortable kind of using that term in my work because i know that was like a movement such a long time ago and i felt like oh shoot just part of me didn't feel comfortable going like right away and labeling and slapping a label on it okay and so i kind of just lean more towards um uh, a storyteller in some way and just um a painter honestly i don't know why i have this feeling of like okay using a word with such big, um, so much history, like surrealism, would be like a fancying myself up by using that term. You know, it's so weird, just strange thing to think about when I do think about it. But um, I don't know. I, I kind of tend to jump around on what the work is really labeled. I just like to tell people. Well, I mean, I the most right just paint, and um, you can also consider it illustrations. I yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't have like a definite answer for that. It's a tricky one. Yeah, it's a tricky one. No, I, I mean, I can see why it's kind of like up in the air because there's, I mean, I guess there's so many like elements to your drawing where, or your, not drawings, your creations where it's hard to pinpoint it. It's exactly that, like what I had mentioned earlier, it's uniquely you. But kind of going beyond that, I mean, would you say that there's any notable influences that impacted your, the evolution of your work? Oh, absolutely. If I backtrack going all the way to high school when I started doing it more, because I just started like a, like, a lot of people do. They started at a young age, and so I initially started like in in elementary, but that was um, because my older and like always, my older brother always encouraged me to do these. 
things like a drawing or copying of characters on like TV shows, for example, like Garfield, The Simpsons were like one of my beginning practices. It was just, you know, replicating the characters and practicing drawing and drawing. And so we started developing this mentality where it's like, oh, we should like do comics where we did like crossover of like the Simpsons or Marvel characters or DC characters. And so that ended up being a thing. And then so we get to high school and um, at that point in my life, I got more introduced into graffiti. And then from there, it's like graffiti wasn't really a thing I, I, I was attracted to doing, but I had a lot of friends that did it. And so during that phase, I feel like that's when I started realizing like, oh shit, I'm kind of good at drawing, you know? And then I started practicing more. And that's what that, that's the only thing I was good at at the time. You know, I, I, I was in an academy for business and finance. So it was the complete opposite of what I was interested in. So I ended up being like this, um, I guess, I, I guess I was like a kind of a high school dropout because I never graduated from high school, but I did earn my diploma or GD afterwards, like uh, 2016. But during high school, that's all my mind was focused on. But not in the sense that I was like, oh, I'm going to be an artist because I didn't even know what that was. It was just like I was drawing and I'm like, OK, this is really cool. And so I got in trouble in, in some moments where I like did like a parody character of our counselor. I Simpsonized them at the time that there was this like Simpsonization. It wasn't even an app, but like you would Simpsonize your person and then they would look like a Simpsons character. So I did that because I was I, I I got so comfortable and so used to the fact of like you know drawing um, Simpsons characters that um, I drew my counselor. They found out it was me. They took me to the counselor's office and I didn't get in trouble, which was the surprising part because although it was ratted out by my English teacher, he ended up telling me, "Hey, look, you're really good at this." And so he gives me a composition book. He's like, do it on this book. I'm not gonna call your parents, but just draw it here. And if you can, just draw my dog too. And you like have a picture of his dog there. And then just like, it kind of kept going like that, you know? Not having in mind that I was gonna be doing this as a, or it was gonna be my my main, um, I guess like my, my career would be that. There was like no art school I was involved in at the time either. Like I, I wasn't taking art classes. And going back is because my older brother was encouraging me at the time. He was like, hey, you know, you're pretty good at it, so. And he would introduce me to these other things, other artists. And later on, I got uh, introduced to uh, more of the uh, fine art world and, you know, pro artists there. I was like, whoa. So it was just like mind blowing at that when I got introduced to those things. So then just further developed through the fine art. It seemed like you always had that talent there and fortunate enough, you had your brother to encourage you. And tying back to what you said, you initially started drawing like Garfield, The Simpsons, and then doing kind yeah. of crossover drawings. I want to know what's your earliest, I guess you can say like detailed memory of one of these characters that you drew or just one of one of your earliest memories, uh, can you talk, one of your earliest memories? Um, yeah, I was just thinking about the, when you brought up the question earlier. Um, okay, not, not in particular drawing Garfield, but it's just my brother was teaching me how to draw ninjas in a certain way where we would use like triangles, like for every portion of the body, it's like the torso would be a triangle. And I don't even know how we were at the time. Um, gosh, I think the earliest memory might be when I was like 10 years old, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's hard to think right now about it. You no, know, it seems like your brother is a foundation for your art career and like your art talent. Yeah. And it kind of draws me to my next question where it's a sense of community and uplifting one another and pushing one another to pursue our talents and goals. And something that I wanted to know 
is on your Instagram page, which by the way, for listeners, I will be tagging his Instagram page and any other links to his work in the bio. So definitely give it a follow. You will not regret it is on your Instagram page, you make it a point to write your captions in both English and Spanish. So you're creating this inclusive environment of, hey, you know, you might speak a different language uh, than someone else that might be viewing my art, but you're also included. So why this effort in creating that inclusive environment or like, why are you so conscious of it? That's a good question. You know what, I, I didn't start doing it. I mean, I think it started like maybe five, four years ago that I started doing it. And I think this is where like music kind of played a big role in that. Um, taking those actions of like including Spanish and English text that I was listening to and I still do to this day, like rock en español. And so I realized I was like so into it. So I started listening to like a lot of um, you know, bands, especially I think from, from Mexico, which is one big side of like rock in Espanol. So I think that had a uh, a big part to do with why I was doing that. But also because in the times that we're in now, it's, um, we have to be like more inclusive of, you know, not just like that, but like a lot of issues going on now, you know? So I think that, that, that just, you know, it, it, it kind of um, flipped like a switch on where I was like, oh, I wanted to, not just um, consider people that speak English only, but also people that don't speak English, because there's a lot of people that we don't even know, that we've never even met through social media platforms that follow your work. And so I thought it'd be like considerate and also making them feel inclusive. Like, okay, what does it say? Because like, I mean, uh, Instagram does give you an option to translate at times, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, you, you you pretty much said it. It's a, it, it was just a matter of like making everyone be feel included when they're reading the text. I mean, I'm like, should I speak Spanish? So why not embrace that in that sense? No, definitely. And it's something that I know I appreciate seeing that on your page is having the effort of both of those language. Cause what comes to mind for me is my parents who don't really know English and who I know would appreciate art and, you know, being part of that community, but yeah. always feel timid and scared to jump into that community because of that language barrier. So I think you create this really wonderful platform of inclusivity and you welcome people of all different paths on top of that. And kind of a bit of a side note, uh, it was suggested to me that I should start doing episodes in Spanish, but I'm pretty self-conscious of my Spanish, even though it was my first language, you know, and I'm, I'm a product of an ES, of ESL programs in school. I still get really nervous and I still get <laughs> kind of like, oh my God, you know, like I freeze up and, you know, am I, am yeah. I saying this right, the grammar? So balancing both languages is not easy and you know you make it seem so effortless so you know i come i my hat's off to you <laughs> no um, you know what it's interesting you bring that up um i, I used to work a long time ago at a uh, fast food restaurant and i had to work to register a few times and so i get these folks that uh, are from spain and i always felt this about folks from spain that every time i spoke somebody from spain that they had their like spanish down so i was like i felt kind of embarrassed to speak you know speak spanish in front of them because i felt like there was like so kind of more fluidly nicer than the way i would pronounce something so I'm like like they the thing and in, in if you okay so they were asking for french fries that um that day and then i'm like so quieren papas and then it's like oh patatas i'm like oh, what <laughs> so you know they have different ways of saying things like other you know other places in the world do but it's a weird feeling you know just Having friends that are from Spain that 
you know, like, uh, it, it's, it's a weird feeling. But, um, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes to the saying because, I mean, we both come from similar backgrounds as far as in like growing up in Los Angeles and growing up in the working class community. You know, we both grew up watching our parents, you know, bust their asses off and then, you know, kind of feel like they're excluded from society because of the language barrier and because of, you know, cultural um, barriers as well. So it's interesting because it's like I feel like I'm a part of my parents world and I feel like I'm a part of you know this American Los Angeles world where it goes back to that saying it's like neither aquí neither allá where we're yeah. stuck in this weird limbo but we're trying to balance both um, oh yeah no there you go. I, I'm constantly mentally battling that and always have the question like where you know where am I really from is the question in my head I'm always um, asking myself I work this uh, mural job for a uh, uh, a, a restaurant in Sun Valley mm-hmm. and we had these folks that were from I think I think they were on Duran and they're working together on some wood like tiling floors and then they asked me like where are you from because I'm talking to them in Spanish and they heard me speak English and then I'm always like stuck I don't know what to answer when somebody asks me that like like, ¿Dónde eres? like where are you from and like should I say what you know Guatemalan American should I just say Guatemalan? Or I'm like, I just, I, I simply actually don't like just saying, like, oh, I'm American. It sounds like, okay, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I got stuck and I didn't know how to answer, but I just said like, well, from Guatemala. It's like, um, where are your parents from? I'm like, okay, they, uh, from Guatemala. So they, were you born and raised here? I'm like, yeah. And then like, I was like, so you're not Guatemalan. I'm like, oh, that thing hit me really hard. Cause I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> you know? He's like, yeah, cause you were born here. I'm like, okay. And then it just kind of, you know, it shook me. So it was like, I never know how to answer that. Just, just like how you answer, like, how do you label your work? It's, it's because there's so much history in the, you know, behind a lot of things. And so sometimes we're not like, when we're not like completely informed or we haven't informed ourselves enough, then you just don't know how to answer things like that. And sometimes I feel like shit. I need a, I need a, I don't know. It's, it's, it's that's a weird and confusing position, no, I, position to be, you know. No, I definitely agree where you try to tell people that you're from, well, I mean, for me with my parents, we're from um, Jalisco. So I say, oh, you know, I'm from Jalisco and it's, you know, they'll be like, oh, no, you're not. You were born here in America. And it, it kind of turns into this weird debate of your identity.
But going back to what you had mentioned that you had working, that you had worked on some tile work for a small business and to further go into this idea, not idea, but this community that you're creating with your art is that you also work with small business, small businesses throughout Los Angeles. You, I mean, kind of going back to a conversation before we, before we started recording is that you'll collaborate with these small businesses and, you know, you'll try to work something out that's within their budget and that you can actually provide really great quality work for them. So you can give me, or you can give the listeners a bit of like background on that. Like, why is that so important to you to work with these businesses? Well, let's start with them. I start, okay, so I went to school for sign painting, uh, LA Trade Tech for two years. We have a uh, program called Sign Graphics for, you know, specialized on traditional um, letter or hand painting. It can be from murals and lettering. So I started there uh, in 2016 and finished 2018 with my brother. So yeah, my brother, my brother continues to be in the picture, which is why I always give him a lot of credit for, you know, and, you know, where I am, you know, because of him, I'm here too, you know, so a uh, big shout out to my brother. So unlike a lot of art schools, this program in particular, Sign Graphics, which if you're listening, you should consider taking it. It can really change your life. I, I you know, take my word for that. I took that for two years. And then the school basically teaches uh, you the fundamentals of lettering from the first semester. And then you want to like learning how to use um, enamel-based paint, water-based paint, how to prep a surface, how to deal with different surfaces when you get a live job is what they call it. And through that, they're also teaching you how to make a living, you know? So uh, when it comes to like um, taxes, like have your invoices ready, you have, be ready to sign a W-9 because all that stuff is important, you know, if you're going to be doing this for a long time. And one thing our instructor would tell us, he's like, you're not going to get rich doing this, but you're going to have a, you're going to make a good living. And he was right though, you know, you make a really good living doing this stuff if, if, if you enjoy it, you know? And so he, um, he basically trains students to understand the business side of it more than like, oh, you're really good. Like he doesn't really care if you're good or not. So he just wants you to understand the value it takes to, you know, develop and like paint a sign. And so from there, it's like you, you learn all, the, all these things, you know, you start think, thinking more of like the integrity of the work, um, your work ethic. And so you start applying these things, you know, after you're, um, you're out of the school. So a lot of the stick uh, things like stuck in my head, I'm like, okay. So every time I'm gonna deal with somebody, I try to present my, myself in the best way that I can because that later reflects on yourself, on, on, like on your career, because then you're starting to build a reputation. So it's like you're not punctual, little and little by little, gradually people start knowing that. And then, you know, it's word of mouth. You're like, oh, I heard this person, so and so, he was like this. Because I've seen it, you know, for the, the years that I've been in, in the uh, sign painting field, um, the, the word travels really fast. One, because it's, 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 it's both a big and a small industry. But because you get to know a lot of people in the school, um, they hear about you. So like, oh, so you've heard of, and especially now, nowadays with like uh, social media, it's easier to find out about somebody. You know, they're like, oh, you give them your, your Instagram name. And so then they start hearing, hearing about you like that. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I think I kind of got off track there. Like I, I got your question and then I kind of get into <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. You know what? It's funny. I do the same exact thing where it's like I kind of like trail off and I was like, where was I going with this? So I completely get yeah. where you're coming from. But 
so you have these really great, this really great foundation in sign painting and sign lettering and all that. And I mean, you're obviously a fantastic um, artist on top of that. So it all kind of comes into play. But what I wanted to know is you put this huge effort into working with small businesses. And as I had mentioned in a previous conversation that we had, you know, I, I believe it was like when we were chatting and then oh, before we started recording, is that you put the effort to meet these small businesses halfway. You are always willing to collaborate in one way or another. So, I mean, you can give like the thought process behind that as to like why you want to put in that effort to help these local businesses, you know? And for the most part, these are small businesses from people who are within the community. Yeah. Um, You know what? It's hard to, um, and it's, and it's, I think it sounds kind of mean, but I have worked with like really like um, you know mom and pop shops that are you know I feel like they're not making so much but when I do get approached by somebody or a small business like in the area I usually just really just try to hook them up um, and, and you know in relation to somebody who lives in a different area it, it's it's not you know it's of course not not, not the same but if not, sometimes I'll just do it for free for some local shops or we'll do like a trade like, oh, you know, just, you know, spot me some lunch and I'll help you out. And, and then I think more, most importantly, is just um, building a relationship with your clients. And so they end up reaching out to you again for like bigger and more commercial work. It's um, it's really like having more um, confident with the work that you're doing because Oftentimes, like if I'm pricing something and maybe other folks get this too, but it's like you're afraid to price something because you think it's too much. Yeah, um, I don't know if that answers the question. No, it does actually, you know, because you said it's like within the community, you'll you'll barter, you know, you'll say it's like spot me lunch, I'll give you work. And it's, I think it ties back to what you had mentioned way earlier in the episode where you said it's like, well, as far as like my project, your project and with friends is that in this community, we have to lift one another up. Because if we don't do it ourselves, as far as create that network and kind of like darnos el mano, it's like, then no one else will. Yeah, yeah. So I, what I really admire about you and your work is that you care about your community. You care about creating this inclusive environment. And maybe like, I know I kind of come at you with these questions and it seems a little bit, I mean, I don't want to say like profound, but jarring but um these are things that i observe at least because like i said it's like with every guest i feel like a creep like on instagram watching my friends or like watching these like long distance friends where i'm like cheering them on and i love everything that they do um so that's what i notice in your work is that you really put forth the effort to create this community and you want to build I mean, I guess it's like colorful and welcoming environment. And I wanted to tie back into your work that you did for the Los Angeles Metro, where they asked you mm-hmm. to create a posters, I believe, of Westlake. Yeah. I mean, if you can give a little little bit more detail on that. Yeah. Um, no, I thank you for everything you said. That's it's really, it's really kind of you. Um, um, but, oh, for that project, it happened early... 2019, I think. I'm not sure. So it was delayed because of COVID. Mm. And so we were supposed to have a poster signing for that, but it didn't happen. Um, so I didn't hear about them putting putting the posters inside the bus until like, I think it was early October. They're still up now for the remaining time. But um, anyway, so 
that happened because um, before kind of being like self-employed or just a freelance person, uh, I was working at a, a kid's bookstore for um, like uh, Libros en Español, right? So wonderful people were working there and they were super um, supportive with like the, the stuff that I was doing. And so they knew I would sign paint, they knew I was like painting. And so after I left the place, uh, the owner sent me an email about uh, submitting some artwork for a potential opportunity to have the work um, being reproduced and into posters into uh, the transit buses. Yeah, so then before her though, my, bro- my brothers had sent me this, that same one, that same email. And then I'm like, okay, so this is, you know, I decided like a, like, a, like a calling. And then I applied for it, not knowing or expecting that I was gonna be, you know, selected. So moving forward, we had a, a meeting with all the artists and then they were at the table. I thought it was gonna be more than I expected. So it was like about eight, including myself. And then they're just kind of going on the requirements and the size of the piece that you need to submit. So, so precise, they're like, okay, we want it like this, so and so. So I'm not sure whether they were gonna be representing that neighborhood too, the Westlake MacArthur Park. But um, so I ended up doing a piece for that, um, emphasizing some of like the iconic figures in that area, like the big red candy you see in the in the painting, and which has been like a historic piece in MacArthur Park. And then you see like this um, tile, yellow um, t- tower made of like tiles at the Metro stop that I included in the painting. And so I think a, a couple months later, no, actually, like two, a year and a half, I think, I hear back from them and they're like, hey, you have been selected, congratulations. I'm like, what? So I was pretty stoked, you know, I was like, wow. I mean, at that moment I started realizing, damn, I'm, I'm, you know, starting to work together with like huge, like commercial companies or, which is like, you know, it's, it can be intimidating because, you know, you're not the only one applying for those things. It's many other people and you're just among those few to be selected and like, God damn. But um, that was a really uh, interesting project. And I I think, I, I mean, I know I enjoyed it a lot because I was able to express and represent a neighborhood I've been living in for the past 30 years of me living in that area. And so I wanted to pay like a, you know, respect to that neighborhood and representing the area. I'm like, shoot, it deserves it, you know? Um, yeah. There's a lot of things, the people that live there or people that even go visit that area that they don't know about. So I'm like, okay. I feel like we should embrace it through the arts, whether it's art or um, painting or whatever genre it might be. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah it, was a, it, it holds a special place in my heart. Oh, and let me emphasize again to the listeners that I will be tagging Otis Wood's Instagram page so you guys can see what exactly we're talking about and all this other insane artwork along with your hand-painted sign business called Letra Ocho. So all of that will be included in the bio. So again, I'm going to bully the listeners into like following and checking it out because they're not going to regret it, you know? Um, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's you're insanely talented and it should be shared with the world because it's just, you create these insane and beautiful, colorful pieces. Um, But I will say this, one of my favorites that you've created is Boy Dog. That little character, it's such a cute little cartoon. Um, Oh man. Yeah, I remember you had posted it a while back and I mean, it's just, kind of like 1930s cartoon inspired with a big beautiful like eyes and it's like the big cheeks and it's this cute little boy character in like this little dog suit 
And again, I just, to the listeners, you guys have to check out his page. You're not going to be disappointed with each little post. So I do want to know is what is your process while you while you create your art? You know, is there a certain song that you like to play when you get started? Or is there a genre album? Like you had mentioned that you like listening to rock in Espanol. But yeah. um, what exactly is the process? Um, I want to go back um, and just kind of touch on the boy dog character. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you brought him back. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've painted him, but he is like this... Um, He was definitely, I mean, that, that headship he has, I mean, if, if you don't see it, but it's like, if you do see it, then it's, you, you, you kind of recognize this is kind of like a Disney influenced. Um, there is a bit of Astro Boy in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's this character who was like a best friend to himself because he was both a dog and a boy. And so he could like simultaneously switch back and forth and have like putting that hoodie on, becoming a, you know, walking on four legs and then just kind of going back on his two feet. And so he was like his own best friend. And he um, he basically, I would say he's a reflection of myself and my dog and how I wish I could see the world in his eyes. So I, it's basically, I feel like the, the, the bond we formed when I walk him and sometimes I like talk to him, you know, I, I share my, my day with him, weirdest thing. But, uh, oh so, no, I get it. Yeah, that would be, and how that got, um, And how that started, um, boy dog. But uh, I'm I'm thinking of bringing back a lot of characters I created in the past. At least like kind of like Easter eggs in some of the work where you see them subtly in the background or something. Mm-hmm. I want to do something like that. Um, but um, yeah. So your question was if what was it again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your process when you create? You know, like okay, is there cool. like you just throw headphones on and then just you know kind of throw yourself no you know, like quite quite the contrary I, i i'm not the putting on the headphone type or headset it's um uh, sometimes i'll play some like not even music which i'm slowly integrating to just having music playing in the background i put out like like a tv show or something um like recently i, I would have seinfeld playing the background so i'm just like listening to it um but when i do i'll listen to like rock in espanol or um Um, especially Philip Glass, because there's moments when I'm listening to certain um, genres or type of songs that, how would I put it, that um, gives me like this cinematic view. If the world I created had a background like song, that's what it would be. So I do that often. And so sometimes it's what helps me create like new pieces. Um, so it's, see, that's, that's how I've been working as of recently. Um, I don't not the kind of blast this music just kind of have it there leave the laptop open like YouTube and then something you know kind of rap place related music so then that's how I discover new music I'm like okay cool no same like whenever I do my like little silly doodles it's like I'll listen to music and depending on like whatever lyric comes up I'll like sometimes throw it into like a speech bubble in one of my drawings or I'll also yeah. like, have like yeah. playing in the background um, like I'll pick on YouTube, uh, I swear to God, if they hear this, they better sponsor me. 
It's cult cinema classics. <laughs> and it's just free movies on YouTube of all these really great, like either sci-fi, noir. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, like they're just these cult movies that never gained the recognition, you know, during its time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'll play that. And then sometimes in the script, I'll like pick up like little lines where I'm like, shit, that sounded cool. Like, let me kind of include this in a drawing or like, hey, I thought of this doodle or this character while I heard that line. Like, let me kind of try and draw it out. So definitely yeah. having something in the background is like really helpful, you know, at least for me. And then, you know, with you, it's just kind of like adding something like that, I guess, yeah. track to one of your drawings or one of your creations. Yeah. Um, but if I really like it, this is going to be embarrassing, but I replay a song for like such a long uh, period of time. Like it'll be like a month or more, <laughs> but I'm stuck with one song, you know, and I'm like, I li either like how it starts and then I just keep replaying. <laughs> I do that a lot with uh, Philip Glass. Um, Mm -hmm. um, and so like uh, pieces or albums that he's released, it's like repetition, repetition, repetition. And I've had other friends listen to it and they get like anxiety because it's so much um, pattern. And I'm like, gosh, it, it, it's what, I don't know. It helps me a lot. So I'm like, okay, that's what I picture in the work. And then again, I picture this whole cinematic uh, scene of like the painting kind of moving in my head. So I'm like, okay. So I would capture that moment. And then that's the song that goes with this uh, painting. And then like like yourself, I'll sometimes like use a lyric or part of like a, of a lyric piece. And I get inspired by that, whatever it says. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I go, I'll go with that. That's pretty cool. Piano cero en la zona central, cerca del límite y lejos del final, entre dos valles con el cielo despejado, sobre un campo con el horizonte estrellado. Hay una fábrica pequeña pero inmensa, de un viejo sabio que sobrevive porque piensa. Conocedor de múltiples maniobras, el viejo en la mezcla de lo mejor de las obras. El mundo explotó y quedó desierto y el viejo heredó lo mejor de todo lo que había muerto. Tiene visión telescópica, piel de tortuga, lengua de camaleón y olfato de oruga. El viejo es el cirujano del tiempo, tiempo, tiempo. A sangre fría opera todos los momentos, todos los minutos que se pierden por ahí. Los puedes recuperar con un bisturí Estira los segundos para que se hagan más largos También hace trasplantes en momentos amargos Y si continúa la amargura y nada lo consuela Se aplica un poco de anestesia para que no le duela para que no le duela, para que no le duela Cierto tiempo pone huevos No come mucho porque es de sangre fría Y se alimenta de moscas que viven un solo día Y si no hay comida, no lo culpo 
Si se alimenta de su propio cuerpo como los pulpos No moriría aunque su cuerpo entero se comiera Es como las salamandras, rápido se regenera Pueden pasar los años Pero a este ermitaño el tiempo no le hace daño Es inmortal como los santos Sus vértebras son de árbol, por eso dura tanto El viejo sabio nunca se olvida de nada porque tiene su memoria congelada, sus recuerdos están enteros, los preserva con hielo seco, 80 grados bajo cero. Se hacen eternas cuando las quieren y siempre viven y nunca mueren. Cuando se duermen son indefensas y se despiertan cuando las piensan. Si las atacan y las defienden, las más valiosas nunca se venden. Alcanzan todo lo que deseas, así de grandes son las ideas. Se hacen eternas cuando las quieren y siempre viven y nunca mueren. Cuando se duermen son indefensas y se despiertan cuando las piensan. La repetición, la repetición, la repetición de una acción es la técnica más efectiva para la prolongación. Por eso se repite aunque se esté aburriendo. Ya lleva 9.500 años viviendo y es que ya no pasa por problemas mayores. De tanto repetirse aprendió de sus errores. Pal viejo es un abismo. Vivir no es tan bonito cuando se vive todos los días lo mismo. Le gustaría ser distinto, pero repetirse y controlar el tiempo ya lo hace por instinto. Se trata de suicidar de diferentes maneras pero el viejo sin oxígeno respira como quiera porque las grandes ideas descubiertas siempre renuevan sus células muertas se hacen eternas cuando las quieren y siempre viven y nunca mueren cuando se duermen son indefensas y se despiertan cuando las piensas y las atacan y las defienden las más valiosas nunca se venden alcanzan todo lo que deseas así de grandes son las ideas se hacen A la orilla del río Y me quería poner Ese blanco vestido Que madrecita se puso Aquel su día divino De amor De amor Yo te esperaba paciente Limpiando la vereda Y sacudía los santos A mi santa manera Quitándoles polvareda De los días de espera Una espina atragantada en la garganta 
promesas que hicimos ayer, ayer. Un caminito de flores y el olor a madera atesoran mi recuerdo, los momentos más lindos. Pero seguir el camino me dispuse tan pronto. Mis mañanas amanecen arropadas con tu atardecer Tú te duermes en mi hoy, yo despierto en tu ayer Cuando tengo que bajar, te dan ganas de subir Yo quiero llegar cuando tú te quieres ir Todos los descubrimientos tienen muchas ganas de encontrarte Hasta las estrellas usan telescopios para buscarte Dentro de los accidentes imprevistos y las posibilidades Eventualidades, choques estelares 
La casualidad de poder vernos se escapa Somos diferentes cielos en un mismo mapa Échale sal al café, no está mal ir a probar Tenemos la misma sed con distinto paladar
pasión del poder despertar extraña condición que ya de un tiempo acá es búsqueda de paz más que estimulación querer ser
I mean, I can go on and on talking to you about your work because it's so fascinating to me. Um, <laughs> but I will say this, you're always more than welcome to come back on The Shack. Um, please do, because I feel like there's so much more to be said about your work and your thought process. But to wrap up this episode, yeah. the final question is, do you have any advice for budding artists? Ooh, that's, a, that's a good one, too. I don't know. You know, I, I've never seen myself as one to give like advice, but I think the best thing I can say is... Um, there is like no um, secret recipe to um, success because I used to think that we're like, okay, I got inspired by an artist and followed so many that I'm like, shoot, I want to be like that artist. And I had this face where I'm like, okay, I wanted to paint that certain way. And at some point I kind of sort of achieved that, but then I realized that some of these, you know, most of these artists work so hard to develop that for themselves. And here I come, this guy who was like, okay, I want to paint like that. And then, you know, I'm like, no, I, I, I needed to develop my own voice. And so I felt like, okay, um, you can't like apply someone's recipe to your your lifestyle because it, it it's going to be a completely different outcome. So it's, um, I think it's just do it the way you feel is right for yourself and just kind of go from there. You know, um, I think um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the best thing I can say. <laughs> You know, that there's no secret recipe and, you know, everybody's path is different. So. True. And I think it's interesting because, I, I mean, it kind of ties back to these previous episodes that I've done with other guests, is that the reoccurring theme in the arts is just simply staying true to yourself. Like, just do what feels right to you. And, I mean, you'll find yourself down a unique path that's going to lead you to, I mean, God knows what, I mean, good things, hopefully. But, um that's the only way to do it. Like be confident in your own voice, you know, de develop your own voice and put it out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the best thing I can do for somebody if they reached out, it's like, okay, I can provide you resources and be like, okay, try here, go apply here. Um, versus, um, for example, art division, huge um, part of my, you know, continuing successes because of them and my brother, friends and family. <clears throat> and so it's, you know, I have huge respect for them all, but I feel they deserve more recognition. And so places like Art Division is a good place to start for anybody who wants to delve into the art world because they're, they're going to open a lot of doors for you. And that's how it would happen for me. And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been where I am today. I probably would have, but it would take me longer, you know. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like, I'm not going to be like, oh, if you go here, it's going to go like the same way it is for me. No, it's going to be a completely different thing. But um, again, it's just like it only provides the, the resources and what you do with it is basically up to you. you know? So um, Exactly. Yeah. So again, I am so, so honored that you gave me a bit of your time. Let me do emphasize to the listeners to follow Otis Woods and follow Letra Ocho. Because I mean, one, it's a great community and you won't regret it. And thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. Yeah, no, thanks a lot. I mean, butterflies in my stomach all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So till next week, guys, thanks for tuning in.